Roll dice, be nice, and stay tuned. This is the Live to Die podcast. So now that we're in chapter three, checking out a classic dungeon crawl, and get a little bit of an insight into sort of what chapter three is going to be about at the end of last episode with the words from the mouth of that, like, you know, not, not, uh, not rotted, but sort of like wilted elven corpse. Gross. Ick. Thanks. Uh, and I will say, I think in the next few episodes, at some point I'm going to have a goal to get an even better ick out of several of you. <laughs> Reading ahead, I think there's some really great opportunities. I have a couple of visual images from other mediums prepared, some select pages from comics or other things that I think just really convey the ick that I'm going to try to bring up later. Can't wait. You know those like seed pod things that have just a whole bunch of holes? It's like a lotus like, buttholes. Oh, yes. Yeah. That did, gives did, me the ick. Did you say lotus buttholes? Lotus pods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lotus <laughs> you have um, trypophobia. Yep. Yeah. Jessica has trypophobia too. And I, I just saw an image on Twitter uh, that was like an entire tree with holes that size. And yeah. yep, I Whoa. wanted to throw up. Yeah, it's the fear of holes or small dots clustered tightly together. I didn't know this was a thing until my sister discovered it and that she suffers from it. But I guess there's a similar kind of sensation for people when they see like if you have a potato and you leave it out too long and it starts to like grow yeah. the little sprouts. If she sees that, she turns to like water. She's mm. like, I uh, like it super freaks her out. I didn't know that was a thing. Evolution, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why is that a thing? I don't know. Uh, so... What I've read. Yeah. Um, actually. Oh, shit. Damn it. Not that one. Wrong drop. Actually. This is a rule for life. There's a rule for life. What I read is it has to do with the fact that many, many things that are infected or start to rot will look similarly. So it's that biological aversion to things that could be bad for you to eat or consume mm. or touch or be in your wretched flesh. However, that's, yeah. that's just what I read online. So please tweet at us. 100% fact. Better information. <laughs> if yeah. it's on the internet, it's true. <laughs> Heard it here first. Uh, so This is a nonfiction podcast. Exactly. <laughs> All of this really happened. <laughs> Based on real events. It kind of did. Like it, In we, our minds. It all really happened in our game. <laughs> Otherwise, the episodes would be shorter if we could script them. Uh, so while we're talking about fears, and fear has been definitely a theme of this adventure, whether it was like the Sack Hills earlier. And if you remember... Uh, the Farazman, like Crusader Nelibet, even mentioned that he had an interest in going into this basement to try to find a particular kind of sack hill that, like, it has to do with graves or dirt or being buried. So I'm curious, venturing in to the basement of this giant cathedral, uh, and we may have touched on this before, but what are your characters' fears? Do you think your characters fear anything? Yeah, Val's afraid of having to see Nelibet again. <laughs> <laughs> that is her greatest fear in this scenario. Yeah, sure. That's a legit fear. <laughs> Anyone else know that have thought about what their character fears? I think Watson fears the inevitable and because of the entity that he's involved with. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know what its ultimate end goal is. That's probably his own only fear. He's so old he doesn't like care about death or anything, you know. Oh. <laughs> that's pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit of existential dread for you. Yeah. The Trenton Sperry method. Yeah. Uh, I need, I have to think about it. I think it's, it's more of a, 
Kind of like a cage situation or a lack of control situation, more so with Fox. Okay. Like, I think that's probably why he was an Eagle Knight to begin with, or at least part of it, right? Um, there's other things, but sure. maybe they'll become revealed with time. Ooh. For Josh Harris, it would be failing, like us not getting to the worm or um, dying along the way, like that would be. That's, he hopes that does not happen. It's been ingrained in him to complete the task, complete your mission, do whatever you can. He's almost died several times. So in the end now, losing would be the worst thing that could happen to him. I don't think that Val actually is a very fearful person. Like I think if anything, she's just more angry. Right. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I think she... I think she has more like disgust for the situation that's going on, especially as she might even kind of be changing her like spiritual religious affiliations and sure. stuff like that. But she definitely is more angry than she is afraid. All right. Josharis doesn't love bees, but he knows how important they are to the environment. <laughs> yeah. So he kind of just like deals with it. Well, that, that's, that's really kind of yeah. Josharis. And I'm glad that you took the time to explore his relationship with bees. Would yeah. you like I, me to talk to them for you? Please, could you tell? <laughs> yes. Resolve Give this. Stay away from my very steamy. scary fangy friend. I just love the idea that in the background of all of the most intense scenes of this story, there's Josharis like kind of hiding or freaking out from a bee. Is that a fucking bee? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going in the back if that's a bee. <laughs> Why did it have to be bees? <laughs> if there's fucking bees in the next room... <laughs> I'm going to quit. I am going to keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. It's like there could be bees. Yeah. I, I, I have the power to put bees in the, the game. You have the power to put bees anywhere in the game. <laughs> Quickly searching archives Do you remember when we played? swarm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when we played the play test before we started doing this? And we were just somewhere where all, all there was was spiders everywhere. Yeah. And James was making the spider sound all the time. Oh, and yeah. yeah that, that, was that was awful. Not good. I think that was also when we were using a different... I think we were using like tabletopaudio.com, which... We're also really good audio, but it had some sounds in the background. And we were joking about like the cave juice sound. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's where cave juice Oh, that was our first juice. joke. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I remember my first joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately for you, none of you listed ghosts as something you're afraid of. So hopefully that last encounter. Fuck We've ghosts. killed death. <laughs> yeah. Three times. <laughs> Wasn't, was it too brutal? Three times. That's true. With help. Ish. With help. From other ghosts, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so just a little bit of a recap. Uh, you defeated these two ghosts, and they looked like two elves. One was quite well-dressed, uh, and the other looked like they were in more like uh, traveling clothes or something a little more practical. Um, what I will say is, as you were fighting them, you realized that they were very similar to these sort of emaciated, wilted bodies in this room that had been bricked over. And if I remember correctly, you, before you disturbed this room, you could see where there had been a sort of a space between these two rooms that had been bricked up and mortared over and written on it in chalk was, bound in spirit, do not remove until torment complete. It's the Pathfinder's uh, dead dove do not eat. Yep. I don't know what I expected. <laughs> you found bound spirits. You let them out. However, in defeating them, some part of their spirit like went back to their body and then evaporated <laughs> up almost. So it's sort of like you you gave them a chance to find rest. I do love that we were like debating for so long. Like, what do you think is back there? Like, should we? It's what? It, like, what's going on? And it's like really exactly what was written on yeah, the outside. Exactly. We walked into a room with a big red button that says "Don't push this," and it's like, 
We're going to push it. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. I'm going to walk over there and push it now. You don't play a role-playing game to not push <laughs> yeah. the big red right. button. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm sure there are people out there who play it like that. Like, well, let's not push the button, but this is not that group. When I was first playing D&D, whatever version it was, there was a, a mysterious liquid in this dungeon that we were in, and I was like, cave no one juice. knew what it was. It was some <laughs> random-ass cave juice. <laughs> and... Uh, we didn't know what to do. We kept failing our checks. And finally, I was like, I'm a dwarf. I'll drink it. It was <laughs> something called like a liquid of suspend animation. And I was just like, flop. <laughs> like, couldn't move anymore after that. The fighter dwarf had to be drugged through the the dungeon. You know and when you... Yeah, you ever push that red button. Have you ever played Skyrim? <laughs> And it's like to know the properties of something, you have to eat it. Yeah. But like sometimes you eat it and then your character's like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's something I would have done in my early 20s with the stuff in the fridge. Ah, <laughs> I'm just going to try it. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay if meat's green, right? Ew. They say you should eat more green food. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's what they mean. Eh, I've heard it both ways. I'm getting close to that bigger ick. <laughs> yeah. We've even gotten to the good stuff, yeah. Oh, God. Wait until we get to the, like, body horror. Uh, so when one of the <laughs> spirits went back, the more well-dressed elven body opened its mouth, and out of it, it sort of uttered the words, the worm at Galt's heart rises. It has three priests here in these crypts enacting a dire ritual with the other gray gardeners. They seek to complete the evil scheme the worm began. Defeating the worm's priests will delay it, but to stop it entirely... You must defeat the worm here in the crypts and its murderous reign of terror. Hmm. Now, as you're all a little closer to this, and I do remember, uh, Jane, I think Val had done some like basic funerary rites or someone had done some funerary rites. I think Val because Verasma. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, you're kind of playing into that Verasma stuff a little bit. You know what? Go ahead. Uh, what's your society bonus? Oh, or do you want me to look at my character sheet? Well, you know what? Don't even give me the bonus. What level of trained are you in society? Legendary. Oh, okay. This will be nice. easy then. You do recognize, and I may have told you this last time, but to bring it forward, you do recognize that both of these bodies are wearing brooches bearing the symbol of the elvish nation of Keonan. Right. So. You're and that's, sure. the, that's the neighboring uh, yeah. nation that, actually, I think in our prologue, Camilla Dronach's mother was there when she got captured by Grey Gardeners yeah, or coming back someone, from there, maybe. Someone like an emissary. Yep, a yeah. diplomat or something diplomat, like that. Yeah. Keenan, the Keenan elves are sort of famously isolationists, but they do have some contact with the areas outside. So you have that. Um, there are these bodies in front of you, and this, uh, yeah, this, this body just talked to you a little bit. What do you all do? That was weird. Uh, I need healing. Uh, how about anybody else? Yeah. I could use it too. Um, Will it still talk to us? It just said that. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> this is awkward. Um, hello. Hi. Oh, God. Uh, you oh. killed me. Oh, oh well, that, that you is slander, my friend. dead, but sure. Where are these other priests? I know not where they are, just what I heard before I passed into rage. What can we do to help you? Let my spirit pass on to the boneyard. You have already done much to lay me to rest. Well, how, how do we do that? 
um, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they, I think the spirit would explain just like a couple of basic pieces of, of like funerary scripture or rite that any of you could perform easily. That is so funny that it's like, okay, first you do this, <laughs> then yeah. you do what, this. What kind of funeral would you like, friend? <laughs> I, I almost wonder if it's a couple like of options. the online recipes where before it gets to the funeral rites, it's like, let me tell you a story. When I was a child, my grandmother... <laughs> jumped a recipe, jumped a recipe. We have, we have oak or we have cherry. Uh, really, I recommend the cherry, but that is 10,000 gold more expensive. Uh, I guess... Uh, but it will sort of pass along, and you you do that, and as, as it's leaving, it just... Thank you for what you've done. Take what you can from what we've left and use it to vanquish these gardeners. <laughs> I will. At the end Bye. of the last episode, I really thought that that was like all we were going to hear yeah, from these thought, elves. Yeah, totally. So I love the idea that we're all just like standing around their bodies, and like we're like, okay, and we're talking, and then they're like... <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. Yeah, somebody like stepped on like, oh, oh, sorry about that. Okay, so uh, we loot their bodies. Sure. Of course. So uh, the brooches... Let me lay you to rest. What is in your pockets? <laughs> hey, they told us it was fine. <laughs> I think they meant the armory, but yeah. No, they, they, they did mean their bodies. Oh, they did mean their <laughs> bodies. Dude, if someone kills me and I have anything useful in my body... One of my last messages will be, this is who killed me, and take this and shove it down their throat until they die. Take my favorite nickel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now I'm sad that they had a favorite nickel. (laughs) Don't do this to me, Trent. I get emotionally attached to things. Oh, that's right. This is is an ongoing thing, actually, that James has a lot of emotional attachment to inanimate objects. And, like, sometimes I exploit this. So, like, when we... (laughs) The one that sticks out to me is once we were, like, cleaning out the fridge and throwing away an empty, like, plastic case of like blueberries oh, or like something uh-huh. like thing. yeah and i just kept holding it up to james like it was talking <laughs> going don't talk. throw me away and he was like stop i'm actually sad <laughs> so looking uh looking through the bodies those brooches that i mentioned earlier that bear sort of like the the sign of keonan um they're really really well made uh, exquisitely well made and you think they'd be worth about 1800 gold a piece Dang. Uh, and a an international incident um, in, you know, selling the the brooch and signs of a sovereign nation. Yeah. I, we might be better off if we sort of find a way to return them, let them know what happened to their ambassadors or what, what have you. Well, and I sh- it should be worth noting that, like, I can joke and talk about the international incident thing, but... They aren't intrinsically badges of office. It'd be like wearing a really, really nice display of... The American flag. I was going to say the Colorado flag, yeah. but yeah, sure. Also, it's weird that Colorado is really into its flag when almost no other state is. Didn't they make it in like the 70s? It's like remade. It does look more modern than some of like the East Coast flags. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they just redid it in the 70s. Hmm. So the other thing that you come across is the more nicely dressed body has uh, an odd sort of sliver talisman, like a small sliver of metal woven uh, around the hilt of a relatively otherwise, uh, like it was woven around the sheath of a dagger, which where a dagger should be. And anyone who wants to give me a nature, occult, arcana, or religion check 
can let me know uh, if they want to see, try to identify what this talisman is. Because it belonged to a weapon, would warfare lore work? Actually, you know uh, what, a cult, it doesn't matter. My cult's better. Sure. 43. Yeah, that, that'll that'll be plenty high. So you recognize this as a, a talisman called a Dispelling Sliver. It's made from treated silver of cold iron. This talisman, which you uh, affix to a weapon that you must be at least master level proficiency in, when you strike with it, you can choose to activate the talisman and it attempts to counteract a single spell that is active on the target with an eighth level dispel magic. That's really That's cool. Awesome. Whoa. Now, as a reminder, and let me get the button right. The design theory and philosophy behind talismans was that in older, you know, D20 fantasy games, Pathfinder, Dungeons and Dragons and all that, your spellcasters had cool things like scrolls, one-time use items that were powerful and really interesting in combat. And outside of potions, there weren't anything comparable for non-spellcasters. And so Talismans was Second Edition Pathfinder's sort of stab, if you will, at doing something similarly interesting. So like this that. is a one-time use item that anyone can affix to. And I think I'm sure at this point, all of you are at least masters in your weapons that you use. And so, well, maybe not the druid. I am a master at swinging a stick. <laughs> a stick which we found out uh, before, while we were setting for the recording today does have a name. Yes, yeah, it, what's it, its name, it's Watson? It's named Sticky. <laughs> it's Sticky, Sticky, Sticky. <laughs> Let's special around. Anyway, uh, so you do have this. It's a one-time use item. It's worth a cool 2,400 gold. Or uh, a dispel. In, in case you really want to dig into the rules for a dispelling, the counteract check bonus is a plus twenty nine. Wow! Can you you can only affix one talisman to a weapon, right? I have no idea. I should, but yeah, I I've only either. ever GM'd, so I haven't had to look that up. We'll uh, we'll right. look that one up uh, later. I'll, I'll look. I'm on it. All right, Jared's on, on it. So you loot the bodies of these elven diplomats because they told you to. You've laid their spirits to rest. Verasma's really happy about that. So let's let's kind of recap a little bit briefly where you are. You are in the basement, if you will. You're in some sort of dungeon far beneath this ancient monastery that at some point was repurposed by the Grey Gardeners. There are two staircases going down. You took the stairs to the north because Nelibet told you that the stairs to the south had some danger at the bottom of them. So you said we went to the north. You came into a room that looked like an armory with a few great gardeners guarding it. You took them out, found some badass magical items, uh, a big flaming bastard sword that Drosharis picked up, some pretty cool magical armor that Val's rocking, and then a halberd that I don't know if Fox is using it yet or intending to rip the rune off of it, but there's a really str some strong magical runes on it. Nothing property-wise cool, but the fundamentals are yeah, banging. Yeah. TBD, but I'll probably use it. You got options now. At some point. I also love the idea in adventure games like this. Like I can see carrying around a couple extra swords or a dagger, but yeah. anyone who ever has two pole arms trying to walk through a door <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> would just be the hardest thing ever. It's true. So you have that, and then you ventured past the armory room into a, a room that looks like at one point held like crypts and uh, sarcophagi. And with a, the one in particular you went into had a weird carving into the floor, something like a large serpent or worm. And then the far side, there was the mortared up wall that said, dead spirits do not eat. And you're like, I wonder what's in there. And it, it was it was spirits. And so you broke them out and fought them. 
from the room you're in now, you kind of have a couple of options. To the north of the room, there is three doors that you've opened up a little bit and you found uh, sarcophagi in them or spaces where sarcophagi used to be. In this case, most of them still have sarcophagi in them. To the east is a single door and to the south are four more doors and they're all closed. You've checked the ones in the north, sarcophagi in small uh, 15 foot by 15 foot rooms, door to the east and four doors to the south. Can we uh, sit here for give or take 10 minutes while I uh, kill? Yeah. I need that too. Uh, everyone sure. take 72 healing. Oh, nice. That was a DC okay. 40 that I made. Cool. Um, if we're going to take 10 minutes, then I'm going to pursue a lead. Okay. Um, what are you going to designate as a lead? I'm going to make two of the three other priests my two leads. Okay. So it's what, once every 10 minutes you can just set a lead. Mm-hmm. So you probably can set one lead right now and okay. then 10 minutes later. You can, so you're going to set the, basically, I'm okay if you want to say the worm prophets as your lead. The worm prophets are my lead. Or these these priests. Maybe they're worm prophets. Who knows what they're called. Maybe <laughs> I just accidentally said the name. Maybe. Um, 20 minutes? Yeah. Anybody need more than I 72? Need, I need more healing. Okay, so now you have 20 minutes yeah. and you can set two of the priests. Okay. And that's an automatic. I have assurance on medicine now at a 36. It's nice. a DC 30. Do you want me to roll it to make sure it, or to see if it's a 20, I guess? No, if you have assurance, you can choose to not roll. Yeah, so then uh, DC 30. Um, cool. So what's everyone else doing during this time? 51. Perfect. Is everyone fully healed at that point? Nice. Trosharis is going to more closely look at each, in that 20 minutes, each one of these doors. Okay. Um, Because I didn't need any healing, so the whole 20 minutes he has to look around the room. Pay attention to things a little bit more closely. Maybe one of them has a symbol he hasn't noticed or or whatever. Um, Now, are you putting any any pressure on the doors or just trying to open them, or are you just looking at them? Once, I would say if I realize that the door is not trapped, I'll put some pressure on it and try to open it. Okay. Like, ob- just slam it open really obviously no. and declare I'm here. No. So you know what? Let's do a stealth check for you. So looking through those doors with a secret check. What you find is the eastmost and westmost doors seem like they could open, but the two middle doors, uh, you they feel like they don't move. And there is some light, like... Maybe you're able to just carefully like open the door a little and a tiny bit of light comes through, but you, you don't see any light under whatever amount of gap there is on the two middle doors. So maybe mm. something's blocking them. Mm. This is the worst let's make a deal ever. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what you see kind of looking there. That you think the eastmost and the westmost doors will open, but the two middle, something's keeping them closed. Well, what do you say? You guys mm-hmm. want to go on the east door? The west door or both? Well, there's also, there's the east door, then there's the southeast and the southwest door. There's so many doors. What do you guys want to do? <laughs> Roll a d4. <laughs> Val what walks through the east door. What is you speak of? <laughs> the east door or the southeast door? Oh, God. Let's just go through the east door. Christ. All okay. these doors probably lead us all to the same place. We need to kill these priests. All right. Is this where we want to go? Yeah. All right. So I, I heard east door. So you go to the east, you open that door. I want to stay back, please. And you see a small hallway. Looks like it 
maybe 15 feet, sort of moving at an angle away from this room. Another door sits at the end of it. What do you do? Mm, perception? Sure. I'll roll that for you over here. Oh, you know what? Of course you will. So, it's... These are heavy doors. It's all stone down here. Um, there's no light coming through this door. But you do hear very, very faint sounds. You can't quite make it. It's, it's a miracle at all that you can hear anything through this door. But you feel like you can maybe pick out something. So that's that coming from the door at the end of the hallway. Like like a voice? Like a... Like it's, maybe. It's... It, this, no one else can hear it. The, the walls and the door is so thick that you can maybe just pick out something that isn't silent, sort of... Movement, or...? It's really hard to tell. Like It's a really thick door. You have no idea. It's a cat. Let's go through the southeast <laughs> door. It's always a cat. Can you, can you like generally point to which doors you're talking about for... for yeah, so you're at the May. end of the hallway. Okay, so at the other end of the hallway, there is a door. Yeah, so... You open the door, and there's a hallway. At the end of that hallway is another door, and what you you hear the through that door, something. Val you also see no light starts making through. aggressive hand motions to everybody to describe that she hears an unidentified noise. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> demonstration. She's giving us the finger. <laughs> Perhaps uh, we should she's pointing. accommodate the GM and not go into this part that's not drawn yet. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's for a reason, but that, look, this is totally open. You can go anywhere. There is no railroading outside of the intrinsic railroading of a pre-written adventure. That door is totally viable. And what I'll say is there's no right door. Only well, wrong doors. Yes, there are right and left doors. Plenty of them. It's just a concept, Trent. It's all <laughs> relative. From the other side, the right door's left so door. So the southeast door it is, then. Yes, I agree. Uh, <laughs> we can go back to the southeast door if this door looks scary. You're like waving, and you look back, and we're all walking. Yeah, right. Like, all right, other door. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Val follows them to the other door. All right, fine. You <laughs> had a cool door to go through, <laughs> but I guess you'll go somewhere else. I tripped. <laughs> Watson's mini just fell over. Mm -hmm. Trent is uh, method acting at the moment. <laughs> Trent hurls himself to the ground to recreate it. <laughs> Although right. I do think that, like you turning a five, like to face a different direction and falling over, is probably something that Watson <laughs> would do. My hip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now you're going to basically the, the doors on the south side mm -hmm. of this large vault that you're in. And you're at one of the doors. Open it. We've do? already checked it for traps and whatnots. So we will open the door and I will step in. Let's so go. you you open this door and right. left hand. With your left hand. I appreciate you <laughs> denoting this. No eyes open. And you can see remember how on the north side of the room there were like burial vaults mm -hmm. with their gothic eye in them? You realize that down here were previously burial vaults. You open it up and you can see where the walls between series of burial vaults have all been knocked down with sarcophagi moved aside to create a larger sort of maybe a living space. The center of this room has a fire pit. You can see a makeshift kitchen uh, atop one of the old sarcophagi in the corner of the room. There's bedrolls and blankets that indicate that there are people who have been living here in this room among the buried dead. Speaking of Skyrim... 
I've been there too. It's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of like a WeWork space that yeah. they used. Where's the dragger? To stay. Yep. It's kitchenette. Uh, Val would like Coffee to use. Area. That's odd. <laughs> and pick out one non-obvious thing about this new room. It smells like sex in here. Oh God! <laughs> what oh, happened? I smell it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so, I think what you pick out is. Let me just check something. Just check this right here. Ew. Okay, so hmm. you see figures hiding behind the sarcophagi and around the corners throughout this whole room. Oh, so super. Real simple here. Hello. I would just like for you, everyone here to uh, to just really roll initiative. Oh, come on! Oh, boy. What you're doing is very rude. And you can kick a plus one on this because Drosharis has been uh, scouting and keeping an eye out for danger here. How's everyone feeling going into this? I'm a little bit annoyed that uh, I did my cool feat and then you just told me the thing that was going to happen anyway. Uh, No, I wasn't going to try to get them surprised. (laughs) So here's essentially how I interpreted your use of that feat there, which is that you don't... Their stealth is against your perception DC unless you're actively searching. So you using uh, what's odd, essentially, in my mind, allowed you to pivot to being in the searching mode, see them, and potentially, like, have a better situation or sort of start the combat a little bit more on your own terms. All right. Uh, All right. What does everyone have for initiative? 33 for Val. Nice. Has anyone got uh, higher than a 33? How about a 43 for Watson? Oh, wow. Whoa. Okay, Watson. Uh, Dro and Fox, where are you two at? 39 for Fox. Excellent. And Dro, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> you think I hadn't just been doing this fucking math in my Where's head that the whole time? terrible math drop? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. So the fact that Good Watson damn. has by far the best initiative of the whole group means we just inadvertently did a hi, I'm Watson. At the yeah. very back of the room, too. Okay. I was like, there's nothing in. Oh, there's oh, definitely something. And I was like, there's something in there. <laughs> so the door opens. Drosharis walks through. Watson, Val, and Fox are all right outside the door behind him. And hidden throughout this room are a bunch of enemies. All right. And first turn goes to Watson. Um, okay. Watson, you can see, your yours is high enough against everyone's check here, where you can see, hidden throughout the room, once Val kind of alerts you to danger, once Val kind of has a like, that's odd. And There's is a like, bunch of assholes in here. <laughs> Darn! I, I, so I, I love the narrative of how this has to play out. So, Val uses, that's odd, and things like, it's weird that I, it seems like there's people here, and Drosharis, as someone who's scouting just decides, fuck it, it's combat time. Don't hesitate, says go. And says, like, you know, don't think, attack. And Watson's the first one to be like, okay, I'll go then. Oh, okay. Uh. And uh, I think he's going to step into the very corner of the room here. Cool, so he'll sort of step in, nestled behind a sarcophagi, uh-huh. and, he goes, and Drosharis. Uh, now is the window of your discontent. <laughs> and he's going to... Uh, <laughs> is he's that a polar ray summoning? Uh, nope. Uh, this is Eclipse Burst. Oh shit! Ooh, He's going yeah. to. I think sixty foot burst would get all of them. Yeah, it'll get everyone without hitting us. Especially if you chuck it in the back of the room. Yeah. And what I'll say is, like, it's an interesting room. There's all these knockdown walls where there should be burial chambers. 
And there's lights from torches flickering throughout the room. As we said before, like the shadows in this whole basement seem to move incorrectly and weird. So this room's a little extra uncomfortable. So reflex saves from all of them. Oh God! All right, Get so him. Here's oh, he's rolling do. these up. The other day I was looking around online. I found uh, they're like cookie cutters, but they are like area damage that you put <laughs> down over top of the a board. Oh, I've seen those. Cool. Oh, yeah, and yeah, then when does. yeah, that would be an interesting thing to be like. All right, sixty foot burst is these people. <laughs> oh, that's cool. All right, so let's go through the assassins first. Uh, so this is a reflex, you said, Trent. It is. All right, so this is going to be really simple. So the first one got a thirty-one. Fail. Second one got a 32. Fail. Uh, third one got a 39. Fail. Any crits yet? No. Okay, the reflex is very good. Uh, and then this last one is is far better. It got a 43. That is a success, so half damage for him. Okay, and then so we'll do the assassins first and then the director generals. What do you have? I'm just hyping. Don't worry. Oh, okay, you're motioning. Like, something's wrong. Like, oh, no, God, I was I like, yeah, I gotta... So how much damage yeah. is this? Full damage is 58. Jeez, yes. That is 8d10 cold plus 8d4 negative. It doesn't matter, but I appreciate that. Which half damage would be 28. I, no, wait. That can't be right. It was 58? Yeah. It'll be 29. 29. Look at you. Good math. Sometimes. Yeah. So 29 is the half? Mm-hmm. All right, and then the director general uh, does a whole lot better, and actually, no, it's gonna be forty-three as well. So that's a save. So it'll take half damage. Have a loose die. Loose die. Yeah. Loose die. All right, so that's that's your turn. Right, I got another one. We'll find He's it like later. In the worst spot too. You should uh, take that roll though. <laughs> uh, that is Watson's Saving turn. That floor roll. All right, so it is now the it is now the assassin's turn, and I've tried to pick out different models for my collection, so they may not all be gray, as we've talked about before. It's not even that the model was <laughs> not gray. The thing in the book wasn't gray. It was the drawing. It was the drawing. If any of you who were listening, you'll remember that I, I that was such a bit that I didn't keep it in the title for the episode. Mm-hmm. And I think that episode was off gray gardeners or off gray gardening. <laughs> Literally a blue gardener, but whatever. So yeah, totally blue. This gray, miniature, the miniature blue. that's there in the like blue and gray, there's an assassin who's just to the west of Rosharis who's hiding behind a sarcophagus. It's one of the ones that was actually blocking the door. So he is going to dart out from around that sarcophagus and move up towards Drosharis. And he yeah, is going guy. to use... Uh, instant opening. He's going to distract a creature within 30 feet using a few choice words or gestures. He will make you flat-footed, and he, we've talked about this, he can make you flat-footed because it's an ability yep. and not flanking. He just gives you the finger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the one thing Drosharis hates. And is like, It's like being called the chicken, like Marty McFly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fuck? So he's going to dash up with a Kukri, and he's going to try to strike at you. Oh, I thought that was a natural 20 for a second. I got really excited. 37 to hit, flat-footed? No. Yeah, that's okay. shit out of here. Uh, that's his turn. Now it's going to move down to the assassin that's sort of across the room to the south, also hiding behind a different sarcophagi in the red hood. And it's going to dash. Showing some leg. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it's important to still express your individuality, mm. you know, no matter what the situation's like. I'm going to dash forward, also create instant opening, because I think instant opening is just until the, oh, until the end of the next turn, 
What is that outfit? It looks like it's like a long loincloth with a hood. Yeah, it's what it is. Yeah, Jane, it's it's dungeon chic. <laughs> Val is judging. So uh, like Josh a, is forward. Uh, a sleeveless hoodie. You seen those? <laughs> oh God, same yeah. concept. And going to, it's going to use instant opening because instant opening only applies to itself. It doesn't flat foot you to others. So yeah. for action economy, it's going to do the same thing. Kukri out, dash forward, and strike at you. That's going to be a 42 to hit, flat-footed. Oh, nice. So I'm going to come in for some damage there. Not a ton on these. Roll that weak shit, James. All right. So it's going to be 16 points of damage and then sneak attack. The sneak attack is much better. I do need... I really should just get one more D6. No, no, I guess if I use the mini one. So it'll be 16 points of normal damage... And then it'll be, jeez, um, 16, 21. It'll be 24 points of sneak attack damage, Okay. which I only split up just to make it easier and keep talking. And then that's its whole turn. Fox, now it's your turn. These two, you see these two assassins dash in across the room at uh, Trosharis, and you're outside the room behind okay. him. Only two dashed up. Yeah. Okay. So you don't know that there are others, except you've heard maybe someone, maybe Val at this point has called yeah, it out, yeah, you know. Yeah. I see four, four, five, four that look alike, one that looks different. And their <laughs> positions are these many feet away. You know, free action. And they're wearing yeah. stupid outfits. <laughs> Open Fox. the other door. Fox is going to move to the south of Watson into okay. this little space. Can I go here? Yep, you'll be standing on, t- so here's what I say, it'll be difficult terrain. You'll be climbing up on top of a sarcophagus. That's cool. I like that. So it just takes a little extra movement. And, uh... We'll do some attacks. All right. So Attack. You've got these two there. You're not flanking, um, but you've now just climbed up on a sarcophagus and are stabbing down <laughs> at these two Grey Gardener's assassins. Despite what the miniatures look like, as they're depicted in the art, they're sort of rocking like trench coats with high collars, tri-corner hats, like bandit masks up over their lower face. Bunch of Franco-Columbos in this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor roll, 37. Uh, that is going to be a hit. Oh, good. I was not expecting that Yay. at all. I rolled a five, so. Yeah, yeah. You've all been fighting such like single enemy boss sort of creatures that when you're, or like from a Pathfinder parlance, a lot of them have been severe or higher fights in which it's sort of like this fight will drain a lot of resources. I think this is one of the first times you've been in some sort of back-to-back fights, which it's like, yeah, you can hit people, but how do you want to balance spending your spells or you yeah. abilities? Uh, so so you it's going to be sometimes. 26 points of damage. Okay. All right. Starting to really get the damage done on these things. And we'll go one more. All right. Oh, World that's good. That Higher is... than a five? Yeah, it's a 15. Uh, that might be a crit then, because if you hit on a five and you're, oh no, five down, ten or five up. down. Yeah, so that'll just be a hit. So yeah, 42. Yeah, that's that's a hit, but not a crit. Okay. I thought you were saying 42 points of damage. I was like, how do no, you keep no, no, hitting so hard, Fox? Not quite. Not till I get that rune switched over. I will say, yeah, this is another example of the person who wrote the adventure kind of helping you out. I remember a few fights ago, you were all talking about, like, why can't we just fight more of these rank-and-file gardeners? That was nice. Yeah, yeah. 33 damage. <laughs> oh, God. That's a good one. Yeah, I'll, I'll certainly say so. Okay. Well. Um, and that's the turn. Yeah, now it is Drosharis. It's your turn. Okay. Do you remember Swipe? Too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. What does Swipe do? Uh, you make a... You make a- a arcing strike against two adjacent creatures. 
make a melee strike and compare the attack roll to the AC of up to two foes. And then you roll damage for only once and apply it to each creature you hit. Well, since this oh, is now mildly cool. a learning podcast, since Paizo really capitalized on some gaming topical <laughs> events and, and swept in, yeah. uh, which, which of the many different fighter traits does this ability have? This one has the uh, flourish, which means it uses multiple... It just means you can only use it one only Right, one because it uses up more than one attack or action at a time with the flourish. So yeah. two actions, I rolled Oh, is a, it a two action? Yep. Nice. Yeah, it's not the other one that's like crazy one action and I one action like four must people be second and, yeah. actions. Does the and yeah that just, one? You just get the highest uh, attack bonus on that one one strike for yep. both yep. people. Yep, that's Sweet. cool. Especially yep. with the fighter being just better at attacking. Yeah, that's so good. And I have a plus thirty four. Jesus, good <laughs> lord! So I'm gonna guess Kate that Kalean. the forty hits because I roll pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now. Let's talk about this flaming sword that I have. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because that's what I used. <laughs> so I hit these two guys yep. with that flaming sword. Now, are you one-handing or two-handing? One-handing. Okay. Just one-handing. I'm not, a, I'm not an animal. <laughs> For now. Um, so can you remind me, because we had to build it customly, what happens with the fire in the area when I, when I hit with this thing? Oh, God. Because yeah. I know that it normally takes damage, and it's going to take... 23, each will take 23 points, four of which is fire damage. So this is a plus two greater striking flaming, in your case, bastard sword. Mm -hmm. uh, the big thing is that when wielded, it projects an illumination, dim light in 10 feet. So okay. you got that going for you. The big thing, the big things for you is that you have, you have two abilities that you can use for it. One, oh no, sorry, this is a plus, yours is a greater. It's a plus three yeah, plus greater three. striking, greater flaming. Mm-hmm. Um, the big, the big additional things is so it has a greater flaming rune on it, which I don't know what that does, but I'm sure you do. It does fire damage. Is essentially. it like 2d10 instead of 1d10 yes. or 2d6 or whatever? Yep. Uh, you have two other abilities on it. You can use basically the produce flame cantrip instead of attacking. So you can throw fire at range or melee, <laughs> or you have the ability where once per day, you, everyone within 10 feet of you counts as having the flaming rune. So unless you want to, if you don't okay, want to, okay, I just want to do the regular old fire damage. Yeah. That's so cool, though. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it means that like if Val is standing next to him, all of a sudden her pistol and knife start oh, catching man. on fire. That's cool. right, I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's a super super cool weapon. I so, enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So is greater strike is greater flaming two d six then? Yes. Cool. So it's greater striking. So it's what you have three d. Oh, sorry. So it would have been another d six because it only rolled one, and it has. More persistent damage on a crit. God, yeah, we, 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 I, you may have accidentally built out a flaming rune on it, but it should be a greater flaming rune. So, how much damage are you doing to both of these? So that would be eight uh -oh. of the twenty-six is flaming. So it's twenty-six total. Yep. Okay. Um. Jeez. Very cool. Yeah, that's. That's that was really cool, Drusars. Super cool. Thank you. I thought so. Um, what am I going to do with my last action? I'm going to move to the other side of these people. Oh, you're going to move through your ally spaces to get up on the back end? Yeah. All right, so you jump over over Watson, huh. around Fox, and then hop down off the sarcophagi behind them. Actually, because I would just want to see if I can do it, I want to jump over this assassin. <laughs> I'm right. building this character to be able to jump, so why the F not? 
All right. So it's an athletics check, right? Give me the athletics check. Because you don't have a running start first, it'll be at a penalty. It's a one, but I have a really good acrobatics. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, God. Uh, And I don't have to run. I can just leap. Oh, you can just leap? Yeah. We'll look that up, but you can make it. We'll check that rules afterwards. The rule is 20, 32. There's the jump rule, then there's also the leap action, which you can do without it and give a certain amount. And I assume that they're not like a 10-foot tall character, right? No, they're like five feet. So I'd be like five feet up, five feet over, and landing. Yeah, I think I think you can pull that off with a leap because the leap is right. a stand as a standard action. We'll look it up later. Yeah, okay. Actually, does someone mind looking up the action leap? For I'll me? look it up since I'm going to be using that rule. Feels like. Uh, and that'll be, be the end of your turn. And it's now the assassin that's farther to the west with the black cape, and it's going to. I don't. I think it'll take two actions to move up, so it'll just move up to the uh, to the west side of Drosharis. That'll be two moves to get there. And then we're just going to strike Drosharis with the Kukri. So you're not flat-footed to this. Um, it's going to be coming in. I think it's going to be a 41 to hit. Hit. All right. It doesn't have sneak attack, though. So that's just going to be 15 points of damage. Okay. Uh, it's now the other assassin in the red cape. Uh, and he is going to be only 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. He'll be able to move up behind Drosharis, and he will create an opening. And from that, create an opening. It's going to then try to strike at you flat-footed. That's a pretty good roll. I think that will probably pull that off. That's going to be 46 to hit flat-footed. Hit. All right. And now I will do some sneak attack damage for you. 46? Yeah, I rolled really well. No kidding. Uh, So that's going to be... Oh, God, where is that? Yeah, okay, that's going to be 14 points of regular damage, and then it will get that sneak attack off on you, Drosharis, and that's going to be really fucking low. Um, that's going to be 15 points of sneak attack damage. Valentine, it's your turn. You've seen all this cool. crazy shit play out. And did anyone get the leap rules up? I was bringing them up. Cool. Uh, we'll go through that. And Valentine's then you started turn. stabbing me, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> Doing damage to you. Um, so Valentine wants to run into the room and come up kind of behind. And step in next to Watson. Uh, can I get, is there, I can't really see, is there a wall? Like, could I get over behind the one in the hood? Yeah, you, you're not behind, there's a wall there. You get next to the one in the hood, but there's right. a, it's standing with its back to a wall. Comes all the way up. Yeah, we'll do that, that's fine. There's still, like, while most of the walls for the, in the old burial chambers have been knocked down, there's still sort of, like, partial walls. Kind of Sort like of creating partition. mini open space divider. So this was a loft. They'd say that like, there's natural division in the loft space. Would she be able to see this guy? No, the director there? general is behind a wall and you're now nestled in a corner. Coward. The Did I chambers. see him before? <laughs> uh, no, you probably wouldn't have seen him. You, okay. You've heard that someone's moving back there. All right. You I just want to figure him. out whether or not he's one of the priests or if he's my lead. Doesn't seem to be. Okay. Um, this looks like one of the, they're, they're equipped and handling themselves like just some of the director generals you've handled before. They don't seem to have any of the uh, religious accoutrements that you would associate with any sort of divine worshiper accomplishment. Um, All right. So as part of initiative, Val can draw both her weapons. So she drew the pistol and the dagger um, and will devise a stratagem against the guy in the hood that is definitely not gray. 
Sure. Um, <laughs> well, I think the miniature is blue, but there is sort of a grayness on the hood, and like there's, a, there's a cowl that's sort of gray, so I picked it out. Sure, sure. <laughs> I'm getting defensive about my few miniatures. <laughs> miniatures. <laughs> His attitude and like overallness, he's kind of gray. Like a like Sad a masculine. Uh, I think I will take that roll, sure. um, and that'd be a 39 to hit. What's gonna hit? Yes. Are you stabbing or shooting? Uh, shooting. <laughs> hit point blank shot. Yes. Um, she's Pistol like, God, I'm, off right sick. Next to his head. I'm sick of these great gardeners. <laughs> and your ears are all just. That's with the strategic strike. Mop. Uh, 43 <laughs> points of damage. Mop. <laughs> Mop. Wait, uh, 43 points of damage? Yeah, because it's strategic strike. Yep. Which is baller. Jeez. Um, and. She can recall knowledge for free as part of the yeah. stratagem. This is a, what's your society bonus? This is society. I think it's 31. Okay. And I roll that, so. Uh, so, yeah. What would you like to know in this case? You, you got a few pieces of information. I'll say you do high enough. I can give you specific information. Specific information. Like, I can give you an exact number if you're interested or something else. How what many hit know? points does it have? Uh, this thing? has remaining... Oh, God, now I have to do extra math, Jane. Uh, this thing has about uh, 60, 70 hit points left. Okay. No, um, that's not right. It has about 130 hit points left. I feel like you made that up, but okay. No, I'm just really bad at math. It has, a, it has 133 <laughs> hit points left. Okay. Um, and I can get other information, too? No, that, that, you get a that's thing. That's it. Okay, yeah. the one thing. You're like, you look at it, you've seen it, you pick apart. You've seen enough bodies in your time, created them, or healed by Watson, and you're like... You know, I bet if I did 133 paper cuts, that that, that might kill it. <laughs> that would do it. Uh, she'll just look at Fox and be like, you should be able to make quick work of this one. Sure. Um, and then she'll just stab him. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, no, no, wouldn't that be it? Because it's you moved, recalled knowledge, which was an action. No, but I get it for free when it's my stratagem. This this isn't your lead. I think with the stratagem, I get a recall knowledge for free. Oh, yeah, no, yeah but your, your, your stratagem is an action, right? So you moved did your stratagem because it's not your lead and then you attacked. That's oh, sure. Reactions. Okay. All right. Uh, it is now at the back of the room, the director general's turn and it will, str- um, let's see, uh, it doesn't have line of sight. So it's just going to stride twice to go join in with the assassins kind of behind Drosharis. And as it walks up, the sword cane out, it will come over and it will just stab at Trosharis with a sword cane. What an absolute melee in here. Just looking at all of these minis, it's like yeah. all in one, like cluster. in one tiny little section of the room. They're literally surrounding Trosharis. <laughs> yeah, yeah all true. of you kind of came buddy. in and there's still a little bit of the structure of like a little bit of the corners of this burial chamber and all of you have sort of moved into it and where the walls of the rest of this burial chamber should be are just the bodies of Greg Gardner assassins and director generals just almost like in a scrum, just all descending in on top of you, like trying to dogpile tackle you all down. Val is going to stab Drosharis and be like, oh no, sorry. Uh, this is a 40... Was you. <laughs> this is a 43 to hit you, Drosharis. Okay. You're not yeah, flat-footed to that. Okay. In that case, it's going to hit. I would have really liked to make you flat-footed, but I couldn't in this particular case. So that's going to come out to 20 points of damage, and that's his whole turn because he had to move all the way across the room. Watson, it's now your turn. Wonderful. Oh, God. I think I know what's coming. Uh, Watson's going to cast Lightning Storm. Oh. Um, I'm sorry, what? Lightning Storm uh, will be sustained for up to a minute. 
a 20-foot burst. One second, Trent. Please excuse me. Yes. There's a for that. Thank you, Sherman. Go ahead. Uh, Sherman, I'm still Sherman. mad at you. <laughs> uh, this is a sustained spell. This is a three-action cast. Sustained oh for uh, up to a minute. Um, essentially, you, if you're inside, you can create one dark cloud, uh, and it will uh, 20-foot burst one lightning bolt per round. Um, <laughs> Sick. So uh, I think the way I can do this is just to put it on top of Drasharis. <laughs> All right. And uh, is that too much? Is there a way to get most of them without getting, like, what's the least number of us that I could get with a 20-foot burst? Drasharis. I just put it on top of Drasharis. A little bit off-center, a little south of Drasharis. Yeah. But it's not like the cloud does anything, right? It's just the origin from whence lightning bolts come. Like the cloud itself doesn't hurt people. You are summoning a cloud out of which to then summon lightning bolts. Well, that's the, the it says area 20 foot burst. Sure. And then I think it's inside of that area. You can then strike down lightning bolts. From oh, it. Okay. So above everyone's head in this basement, the torches are flickering and all of a sudden a storm cloud starts to seep out of the stone ceiling and roll and broil and small flashes of light are appearing in it. As you then call down, who do you want to call it down a lightning bolt on? Trent? Uh, we're going to put it on the director. All right, right on the director, director general. general. The director general. And because you're casting a pretty famous spell, I'm going to need you to say exactly what comes out of the cloud now, Trent. Lightning bolt. Thank you. Lightning <laughs> bolt. Lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I get a reflex save, or you is this do. an attack roll? Yep, uh, reflex. All right. Uh, shit. 32? Uh, that's going to be a fail. Oh, bummer. Critical fail? Not a critical. <laughs> Dang. And how much damage is the director general going to take as a lightning bolt rains out of the ceiling? <laughs> 23 damage. Oh. Nice. Well, I appreciate that. That is 4d12. All right. I'll take it. Cracks down. That's your three actions to cast, but in the future you can save. And I'm guessing each time you sustain, you'll get to do another. Lightning bolt. Thank you. Uh, fun <laughs> fact, too. Uh, at the most recent level up, I took a 16th level feat called... I have it here. Effortless concentration. That is essentially a free, free sustain free every round. Yeah, that's amazing. Great. Oh, that's yeah. a super cool. It is a super free cool. action. I'm gonna. So we talked a lot before about how there's a lot of interesting action choices in Tui, and I love the options for spellcasters. Like that's such a cool way to get to mix it in, or the way that they made metamagic feats an action economy thing, so that you mix them into or out of a turn to modify the spell versus higher or lower spell levels. Yep. Really cool. All right, it's now the assassin that you just uh, point-blank shot, Jane. Uh, not super pleased, so it's going to whip around to you. It is going to uh, create an instant opening on you to make you flat-footed. Uh, I, I really want to try to do, like, cooler stuff, but I think it's just going to attack you because I feel like that's that's really good so you gotta do with what works man yeah you stick with it's works. gonna strike out with the kukri at you Jane that's gonna be a 39 to hit oh just barely because I'm flat footed <sighs> thank you so Ooh. first things Ooh. first you're gonna go ahead and take 15 points of normal damage well of slashing damage from the kukri and then you're going to take sneak attack damage and that's going to be 10, 15, 20, uh, 25 points of sneak attack damage on top of that. It'll then attack you for its second attack, uh, 27. <laughs> uh, that's a critical fail. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Nice. Right. 
All right, and then that's its whole turn. Now the assassin in the red hood. She's going to is... be like, you call yourself an assassin? <laughs> <laughs> Harsh <laughs> words. Darling, that's a shade today. Uh, now the assassin in the red hood that's sort of in the middle of this really bad place. Uh, I think it feels like Dro is still the one to beat on. Dro's in the middle, you know. They're, they're a little smarter now. They know <laughs> concentrated attacks don't spread damage out. Yeah. So it is going to... It is flanking you. Yes. But it's going to create an opening because it's seen how you move so quickly. It can't seem to find a flank on you. Yes. So it's going to take an action to flat foot you. Was that Harry Carey? <laughs> <laughs> it may have been. I didn't mean to. I can't find a way to flat foot you. <laughs> <laughs> so Can you imagine says, like, the one assassin? The deny advantage thing. It does mention about creatures of lower level trying to create a surprise attack and that you aren't flat-footed to them. Yeah. It's been a while since we played and I, I no, don't want to go. Go ahead and read it out. I don't want to. Okay, yeah. You aren't flat-footed to hidden, undetected, or flanking creatures of your level or lower yeah. creatures that, because you're causing a distraction. That's right. Okay, yeah. I think I remember now. Yeah, because it's, it is using an action that applies it for another reason. Because okay. you can still be flat-footed to like prone and stuff like that. Yeah. All right, so it's costing an action, so it'll get to attack you less or do less things coming in for this attack then. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's going to be a 48, nope, 47 to hit, hit. flat-footed. Is that a crit? No. Yeah, damn. Well, you know, we do the things that we can. Close. So that's, oh, I appreciate that. That's going to be 13 points of normal damage, and then I got a sneak attack coming in Is for... 13 points? Yeah, 13 points, and then 15 points of sneak attack. Pretty bad sneak attack roll. Uh, final action is going to try to throw an attack at you. That's not bad against flat-footed. That's going to be 40 to hit flat-footed. Hits. All right, and we'll go through that same song and dance again. That's going to be 16 points of normal damage, and then we're going to give... Oof, that's, once again, really bad. Uh, 14 points of sneak attack damage. That's its whole turn. Fox, it's yours. Yeah. I have a question as far as uh, semantics. So if I were to move over here, so fly, move fly over here. The west. And I have a, a spell that's a 30-foot cone. Could I hit these three? Yeah, if you, if well, no, because the guy in the blue hood has a wall behind him. So if you were to fly over, if you were to try to reposition, the most you could get in a cone would be three, not four. Yeah, three's good. I'm sure. good with three. So if you want to... Take flight and swoop over the heads of Drosharis and some of these assassins, great gardeners. If you land to the uh, sort of directly to the west of Drosharis, then you'll be able to pick out two assassins and a great guard, uh, two assassins and the director general at the edge of a cone. So what? you wings come right? out. Yep. Okay. Do the light there, right behind the assassin in the gray cloak. Then uh, Fox is going to cast Prismatic Spray. Now, are you casting it, or are you going to throw it out as a part of a spell strike? Casting, not spell strike. Okay. Because I, if I spell strike, I can only get one target. Ah, I got it. Cast gets all three. That's interesting. I, I, I've seen most of the time I see Magus has played, it's all about the spell strike, but it's interesting that you've built some spell strike and then some just utility casting in mm -hmm. as well. I think I would use it for spell strike also, but it's just when you have a group of guys. Yeah. yeah no, it's it's cool to see the sort of the Swiss Army knife options. And I, I, I haven't played with a lot of Maguses before or anyone else that has a sort of like scaling number of spells available. It's an interesting 
class. Yeah. All right, so Prismatic Spray is going to come out. What kind of, is it a different kind of save depending on the color for it? I believe it is. So I've got to. So we're all talking about it. Roll it. We all know about it. Would you do me a favor? I'm not going to hit the drop because you've used it a lot this episode. Would you just Mm -hmm. read Prismatic Spray? It's a super cool spell. It's a classic D&D spell. It goes way back. Yeah, it says a spray of rainbow light beams cascades from your open hand. Each creature in the area must roll 1d8 on the table to see which beam affects it, then attempt a saving throw of the indicated type. That's cool. Oh, so so here's kind of the cool things. It's it's basically random magic. Different colors yeah. have different effects. Yeah. So I think I'll roll the d8 then. Sure. So let's start with the assassin in the black hood. Comes out a seven. What color is seven? Violet. So a violet ray comes out of your hand. It's and a hits. will save. Oh, now they have some effects for will saves. Oh, oh no. not the assassin. Oh, no. The assassins do. So let's see. Go for this roll here. Their will save is only okay. That's going to be a 37. Is that a success or a failure? That is uh, exactly a success. Okay, so the trigger doesn't come in. So So let's see what that means. Yeah, let's see what a violet ray even is or does. Uh, Just read it. Slowed for one minute. On a success? Uh, That's what I'm trying to figure out. It doesn't really say... Okay. It just says slowed for one minute if critical failure sent to another plane. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> so I think I this think is archives in Nethys. I'm trying to figure out the best way. Awesome. To, we'll, we'll maybe to look, look it back up, around but. to that one. So, because he succeeded, so I don't know. He may just get off scot free or he may be slowed for a round. I don't know if it's a full yeah, save or second violet. It, well, I think Jason's pulling it up. Jason, would you be willing to scout mm-hmm. on that? That way we'll move to the next one. Okay. The director general now here. I rolled a one. Uh, fire damage. So what is that, a uh, red reflex. ray? Yeah, red. So red comes out the second part, hits the director general. All right. Rolling pretty middle of the road here. Uh, 37, which I think is going to be a success again, so but just 25 barely. fire damage. Nice. Is that, is that already halved? Nice. That's halved, yeah. Hell so yeah. It would be 50 normally. <laughs> That's stupidly cool. All right. And now for the final assassin in the red cloak, a, an eight. Oh, that's uh, affected by two be- beams. Roll twice. <laughs> re-rolling duplicates. All right. I rolled an eight again. Okay. I don't think it gives me another beam, unfortunately. So a four and an eight again. Okay. Wow. A four and a five. Green and blue. They're both fortitude saves. All right. Tell us tell us what those do while I'm rolling that up. Uh, green is poison damage. Shit. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, blue is flesh to stone. Oh. <laughs> I just... I rolled two natural ones back to back. Wow! He's poisoned and turned to stone. He's dead. <laughs> That's awesome. What a bad day. All right. So, what happens <laughs> when you critically fail on the poison? Uh. I mean, he's turned sorry. to stone, so I'm guessing he's out of the fight. But yeah. I'm just really curious because this is such a cool spell. Yeah, he takes thirty poison damage, and is enfeebled one for one minute. Okay. Uh, and then. Flesh to stone is... He becomes stone forever. Yeah, I'm pulling it up. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right, because if I remember correctly, this isn't just like, here's a really long spell description. It's like, if you roll this, it's as if the effects of this other fucking spell. So, so this works a little differently. Uh-huh. So you're slowed to... Are you on a critical failure? Mm-hmm, on a critical failure. Okay. And you have to, next round, make another DC... And if you get down to slowed three, then you're stone. Oh, yeah. Wow. Petrified. That's, that's very generous. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I had to fight a basilisk in another game where I ran one, and that's it's cool because then it's not just like, well, there goes my yeah, character for a right. fight. Like you have a round to not fuck it up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Normally you would have up to two, but since you crit failed, <laughs> you got one to make it work. That guy's awesome. hurting though. Jason, did we figure out the yeah. slow, the violet ray? From what I can tell, mm-hmm. the save negates whatever it has listed sure okay. however if you critically fail some of them have like further got it worse things happen so it's, it's sort so of the safer suck the area first one. awesome otherwise you would only ever cast this spell and just constantly automatic hit Slow everybody until they die yeah. Other yeah. Planes. It's, it's true all right so you still Which manage to do fire damage with that fire damage and poison and start turning someone to stone yeah. that is incredible cool. awesome <laughs> that was really cool too who <laughs> that was super who took cool. fire damage and who's in uh, the turn? director general took fire damage and then the one with the red cape the one directly behind you Josharis in the south is the one that's turning to stone yep. got it all right Drew, it's it's now your turn oh. all right uh <laughs> at first funny. at first you're going whipping around and he's going to look at the director general and just kind of give like the most evilest slyest Unverbal or nonverbal intimidation role that he could possibly All right. come up with. I'm guessing you have intimidating glare. I do. Nice. I do. Way to role play that up. Yeah. All right. How is a. You got this. 38? 38. That. Oh, you just fall short of intimidating him. Okay, cool. You can see it like it. You don't quite get him, but there's a little bit of a consideration in his eyes. Should have said something. Damn it. All right. (laughs) Um, Now I will do your next favorite, which is called Quick Reversal. That's the one that's complicated. Well, because... And we figured it out. But you can't yet because you haven't attacked yet. But if you attack, you can then do Quick Reversal right after that. That's right. It has to be an attack. Okay. Because Demoralized doesn't go against your attack penalties. Grappling and tripping does. Okay. So, but you stick, you still have two actions left. You can still mm-hmm. attack someone and then quick reversal. So that's you're set true. up because it's only one action. Yeah, yeah which is wild. But that's reversal. why I got your second attack. All right, yeah. <laughs> so since he didn't get mad or get hurt, I'll try to swing at him. How's a not very good roll? I rolled a three. <laughs> well, you're still a fighter. Let's, I know it's pretty. Let's go with uh, thirty-seven to hit. Oh, you you do miss, but only just, just barely. barely. <laughs> that wasn't a very good die today. And now, now you can quick reversal. Quick reversal. <laughs> Which two are you hitting with quick reversal? These two. Uh, you're gonna hit. The this will be the director and the general, and this will be the stone. All right. Roll for them both. What do you director got? General got a seventeen. Plus, so that's, I'm, that's probably plus a bunch. Be a yeah, hit. plus twenty nine. Someone, you, you can do that math. Forty six. Uh, yeah, that's 46. a hit. Not a crit. Okay. But, and then. And then against the poor stoned assassin. 35. That's a miss, probably. Uh, oh, only just barely. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa, dude. Whoa. <laughs> those colors were fucking crazy. Wild. <laughs> those, those prismatic. Mass I gotta spread. make sure. Do I do two? Uh, well, you only hit one, so I only have to roll the damage. I think That's you only true. roll damage once. I only roll damage for once because I only hit one, anyways. Look at that. Taking care of itself. Yay. God, I love prismatic spray. Like random crazy spells are so cool. It's just a lot of fun. Well, and then like some of the other random things in games, like the decks of many things or the rod of wonder. Like at least prismatic <laughs> yeah. spray, it's all it's all offensive and good. You're not going to randomly help them. Right, right. What do you got for damage, Jason? Twenty-two total, two of which is fire damage. Nice. Wait, did you roll one on each of the fire dice? You get two dice of fire damage. It's greater flaming. Damn it! I got to fix this. Yeah. So 22, about to go oh, higher. Oh, how about seven damage? I rolled a six. 
Okay. Seven fire damage. So 28, seven of which is fire. Nice. I'll fix that right now. Yeah. I spent my last turn looking up prismatic spray, not Thanks. studying my Appreciate guy. That. Thank you for your, your time. I'm here for you, bro. You got me. Thank you for your service, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I, and, and I don't mean your time with the U.S. military. I mean, thank you for looking up that rule. All right, I'll take that one. All right. Now it's the assassin in the Black Hood who didn't get thrown to another plane of existence. Unfortunately. He's not super happy about that, though, so I think he's going to whip around. He's going to hit you with a uh, create opening okay. and make you flat-footed, and then he's going to try to go to stab town. Got it. Jesus fuck. It's really nice this time of year. Stab Town. Yeah. I love Stab Town. Well, you know what? Uh, usually I like to end on a big, you know, dramatic cliffhanger that's bad for you, but I just rolled a natural one, Woo! so find out what his critical failure is <laughs> on the next fucking episode. <laughs> for once. The Live to Die podcast is a production of Live to Die Gaming. Follow us on social media at Live to Die Pod. Leave a review and tune in next week for more. If you like the amazing background audio and music, All that credit goes to Sirenscape. Make sure you check them out at sirenscape.com.